Welcome everyone to Oh Come On Sports. Oh Come On. With Jesse and Mike. It is July 31st. We've been gone for two weeks because of me. One was work related and the other was Backstreet Boys related. <laughs> I might have to revoke my mad card after saying nah, that. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> We can talk about it more in the music segment, and we can really break down the uh, the, 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 depth, the, the depth of what they the did at that on. concert. That's right. Um, as always, hit us up on social media if you want to ask us any questions or just get into Twitter battles. We're always good for that. On Twitter, at Sporting Rants. Facebook, Oh Come On Sports. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the Russell Westbrook trade, which was from a couple weeks ago, but we haven't talked about it. Uh, in NHL, we're going to talk about Paul Fenton getting fired, and I have to vent about the Flames getting Lucic because yeah. I hate this in so many ways. Uh, the NFL will talk about two extensions, and in baseball, we'll get into the trade deadline and how the Jays are a bunch of dumb fucks. They, they, there's a lot, there's a not, lot to not like about it, but I got a, I got a take that I think is going to surprise you on that one too. Okay, fair enough. So starting with the NBA, the Thunder traded Russell Westbrook to the Rockets for Chris Paul, a 2024-2026 first round picks, and then the right to swap first in 2021 and 2025. Uh, the thought process when it first happened was that Chris Paul was probably going to be moved right away. Yeah, hasn't happened. Looks like he's going to stay with the Thunder for at least the, until December. Um, because he's, he's all, saying all the right things about that. He seems to be in, he's like, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is because of his contract, it's like $40 million. And a lot of the guys that can be moved for that kind of dough just signed free agent deals and yeah. they can't be moved to December. So that's right. why, yeah. um, there was reports of dis- discord between Paul and Harden, which led to the trade. Um, and I guess Westbrook talked about a trade with a, with Thunder management after they lost to the Trailblazers in the first round. Really? Yes. Oh, so he talked about that before Paul George got traded. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Didn't know that timeline. Uh, and uh, it seems like Damian Lillard nuked an entire franchise with one 45-foot heave to end the game. Because right after, like, Paul George gets traded and then fucking Russell Westbrook and wow. boom! I love Dame Lillard too. Like yeah. I don't like. There's so much to like about that yeah. guy. I really hope he maintains. He always says he doesn't want to chase rings. Yeah, you know, or he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do what like Durant and LeBron did. He wants to stay in Portland and try to win in Portland. Yeah, and I hope he doesn't do the Durant thing and then go back on his word. I hope he stays there and tries to do it because like there's something to be said for that. He seems re- very genuine in it when he says that and. Uh, they also just locked up C.J. McCollum for, I think, three or four more years, too. Yeah. And he's one of the best. Uh, people People don't know about people in Portland, right? Like, no. it, it's on the West Coast. It's it's the Pacific time zone. In the East Coast, they're watching these games at 11 o'clock at night. These games are starting. Yep. It's, so it's, uh, yeah, the, this is a really good team. And they locked up two of their key pieces. Um, well, and they went out. They got Hassan Whiteside to back up... Um, Yurkic. Yurkic. I always get all the Yurkic. 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 We yeah, do this every single time. We can't oh. We can't keep them straight. Jokic. And, and they all in, play in the Western Conference. I know. That's the most ridiculous yeah. part about it. <laughs> yeah. Denver's got Jokic. The Joker. I know yes. this is nickname. Yes. They got all have nicknames and that's what we'll do. Yeah. So, knowing this trade... How do you feel? Like, is it a good one for the Rockets, or do you feel like it's a lateral move? Like, I think it's. I think it's a good one for the Rockets because Russell, Russell Westbrook still has a, a lot more jam than than Paul has, in my opinion. Paul is, seems to be on the declining part of his career, where Russell Westbrook will probably be there in the next, you know, one to two years, but he's not there yet. Is the way I view it. And and I like I like Chris Paul a lot, but he's been doing it a long time. There's a lot of miles on his chassis. 
Um, the, the question to me is how are Westbrook and Harden going to work together? That's exactly what I wanted to bring up. Like, I know they played in Oklahoma City, but yeah. Harden was a sixth man at the time. Harden wasn't as prominent as he was th- with the team he is now. Like, no. like Harden does everything with this with this team. So, it, it's not like Harden takes the ball up the up the court. So now is that is Westbrook going to do that? So, or or are they going to split their time where they'll put them together for certain situations? But like, yeah. will Westbrook lead like the like the most crazy excuse me second unit in the league and just yeah. destroy bench players right right like that's an interesting concept like for for 10 15 minutes of his playing time is he playing like second string minutes but he's putting up crazy amounts of points but then the nba is going to adjust to that so if they know you're doing that then they're going to adjust their lineup so you have an elite defender covering him in those minutes they're not going to get caught up in that thing yeah, over guess. and over again I so guess. so they're going to have to work together at some point what i think is maybe westbrook I think Westbrook should be the one taking the ball up the court and distributing it and just just distributing it to James Harden a lot. Harden is definitely more of an efficient scorer than Westbrook is. Westbrook's not a good three-point shooter. Harden's a better shooter than Westbrook is. Yeah, Yeah. but I guess efficient's not the right word, but he's a better shooter, so maybe having Westbrook be the playmaker, which he's good at, like, obviously, as we've seen with the triple-doubles, you know, he does does do well uh, with playmaking, yeah. So, and that's that's the main thing. It's I, interesting. I, I think it's a great combination as long as Harden is okay with uh, Westbrook taking the ball up the court and distributing it the way he wants to. So, I think everyone kind of feels like the Clippers are the team to beat in the West. I do. Do you feel like the Rockets are second now with this trade, or do you feel like they're behind the Lakers? Or do you feel like there's another team that is still up there, like the Nuggets or the Jazz or even the Trailblazers? Well, like, are well, they... well the, the West is very deep. So I or would, even the yeah. fucking Warriors. Nobody's yeah. talking yeah, about, how the about the Warriors. How about the Golden State Warriors? Nobody's still talking about good. this team. They just think that because like Clay Thompson's gone, which is a blow, but they got D'Angelo Russell. He can play off ball. Like it's... The, the West is very tough. Holy so, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who improved in that. It's, it's, it's going to be tough no matter how you slice it. I really like... The way the Clippers are building it, they, they just keep they just had it they just added, uh, added Robinson, a small forward, elite small forward defender guy. Yeah, so they they basically have three of the best small forward defenders in the league, like elite defensive players. And small forward is that mix of position where you can cover you can cover a lot of different positions. Yeah, you can cover four of the positions. Yeah. probably not center. It's yeah. probably the only one exactly. And if you're LeBron James in his prime, he was covering center a lot because he was strong. Yep. So it's, yeah, the elite ones can do it. Uh, and for the Thunder, I think uh, it's just they're going they're going to go do a rebuild. That's yeah. just what's going to happen. They got enough picks to to do it. Like, right. they, they got a ridiculous amount of picks. Yeah, they got to be um, good in the draft. Did you see, uh, I think Paul George put out something that said that this trade was uh, a mutual decision. And then uh, the Thunder came out and they're like, no, it wasn't. Like, we we <laughs> no, don't want No, no not no, at all. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want to lose you. Yeah, like you you basically insisted that this trade happened. And yeah. I guess this is what Adam Silver's looking into, right? With the tampering and that type of thing. Ah, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Um, but, but, the, but the players have run the show in the NBA for the last 10 years probably. Maybe easily, more. Maybe more. Easily. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It leads to great... TV ratings and and uh, Twitter impressions and whatever else you want to put. So it does get a I, lot of views. I bet you Adam Silver's gonna look, but he ain't gonna do nothing. He's gonna be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, he's a, he's a good commissioner anyway. He'll he's it a out. very good commissioner, very smart man. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at, he's always looking at 
I admire the the fact that he's willing to look at different ways to make the game better. Even though the NBA is one of the better leagues, yeah. he's he's already looking at ways to make it better, and that that's an admirable in a in a commissioner. Where yeah. where some commissioners, uh, <laughs> Goodell, uh, just sit on their hands and do nothing. Yeah, are you sick? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Roger Goodell's just like this league's already making so much damn money. I'm just gonna, I'm, I don't. What am I gonna do? I'm just gonna sit here and let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Gambling and, and uh, gambling. I'm sick too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyree Kill, you're accused of uh, doing it. Oh, you weren't found. Okay, we'll let you off. But then other guys, like they couldn't find evidence of, and then they're like, you're still gonna because you got caught in this. You're still gonna get suspended. How like how does this league make sense? All the fans want is consistency with these rulings, yes! but it's never consistent. It's always yes! on a case by case basis, and there's always uh, like double judgments. It's it's different for one person than it is for the other. And I know each key case is different, different, but it's you got to have a bit of a rule. If you know, if you're gonna if if a guy if another guy gets like. Like exonerated or or like there's not enough evidence, but you still suspend him for like two games, then you shouldn't have done the same for like Tyreek Hill. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um. Okay, moving on to NHL. Uh, Paul Fenton was fired after one year as Wild GM. That that'll really help your franchise. I feel like as long as we've been talking about Fenton being the next great GM, this is so overwhelming because <laughs> I think it was with the club for 14 months. <laughs> And, like, for the last three years, we've been talking about someone hiring this guy as the next big thing. And, and, and then he got his former owner in Leopold, who was with him in Nashville, to hire him in Minnesota. You're like, this is a match made in heaven. Let's go wild. From what I'm, I read on Twitter, it sounded like Fenton was looking for, like, to possibly do a rebuild. Like, he looked at the roster and he was like, I don't know about this. And Leopold was like, no, we're, we're a playoff team. You need to go. And then they go inside Matt Zuccarello for stupid money. Right. And so do you think that was not Fenton's idea? Was more, I don't think so. Yeah, because I, that's a bad signing. That is an awful signing. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Fenton and Leopold had two different tracks of how they thought the team would go. But uh, the Wilder fucked, man. Like they're, well, they got two contracts that are anchoring them right now. The Parise contract and Suter contract go to 2025. They got six more years left. I did not realize they were... Like, I knew they were long. Yeah. I didn't realize they were that long. They signed those before they put in a max, right? Yes. Yeah. I think they were 11-year deals, so that must have been 2014. 11 years. Like, think yeah. about how bad Parise has been, uh, been the last few years because of it, he's being hurt all the time. Well, he's hurt, got yeah. six more years of this. Yeah. Well, he ain't, he ain't going to get more healthy. Well, and that's the thing. But, you, I mean, you could make the argument the other way, too, because he was still, like, I think he was their leading scorer last year, too. But it's... But at the same time, I'm I, I'm not I'm not saying that this is a good situation for Minnesota because they got to get rid of both those guys. But then also, um, Ryan Suter was there. He played the most minutes last year. Yes. For them. So they're still both good players, but a, their contracts are sinking them. I don't think Suter's. I think Parise's contract is more of a problem just because the return you're getting on investment. Yeah. Where Suter's still putting up close to thirty minutes a night. You right. know, those guys just don't aren't around. He's more durable too. Yeah. To to get a guy like that, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing wrong. Um, transitioning from that, I need to vent about this. Sure, this, uh, I, you, you, James weren't, Neal. you weren't happy about it. When I it am happened. not happy at all. I thought I'd, I thought I'd be more calm. I'm not. All right. Um, I uh, should we light a candle? Should we get some some tranquil <laughs> music going in here to help you out? I don't understand the Flames' point of view. Maybe you can help me with this. Okay. How does this help the Flames? I doubt I can help you with this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 
I don't understand how this helps them. Well, uh, let me let me play devil's advocate here. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we're trying to sign Matthew. I'll be Brad for a living. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Okay, I just finished my Boston Brood here. It was delicious. I really support that franchise. But uh, <laughs> if you want to talk about... Hey, Dad. Yeah, if you want to talk about Lucic, uh, I'll say, uh, you know what? We're, we're basically doing a lateral move here. Neil's a grump in the dressing room. We're tired of his attitude. We're going we're gonna to be doing the same contract. We're, we're, we have to pay either one of them. We have to pay either Neil or we have to pay Lucic. Yep. So we're going to pay Lucic. We're actually going to save 500 k on the deal because Edmonton's going to keep some of the salary. Yes, we know Lucic is not what he used to be, and he might not be that effective in the league anymore. But for that matter, neither was James Neal, and he was a grump in the room. And let's uh, move on. Okay. if it For me, the only way this deal makes any lick of sense is if, if Neal was a complete, utter asshole in the dressing room, and it's addition by subtraction. Right. That is the only way, and that's something we don't know. Right, exactly. Right? That is the only thing that I would say, like, like, later, like how we heard about the Dion Phaneuf deal, how he was sleeping with Conroy's wife. Is that a thing? That was, that's the strong rumor right. about what happened, and Iggy basically told them that it's a, either him or me. I can't I, verify that. I would love to know the truth on that, but I cannot that, that's verify That's what I've that. heard, and you're not going to hear the truth. I know, but I want the um, truth. Until, until one of them does a memoir or some shit. Yeah. Um, Neither of them seemed like they would do it, but Conroy would just, the thing that would happen with Conroy is he talks so much, he would just let it out one day. Yeah. Um, and that kind of makes sense of how the trade happened with Phaneuf, though, right? Nobody knew he was on the block, and suddenly he's off to Toronto. Right. So, kind of makes you think, right? Hmm. So, if Neil is a complete asshole and nobody likes the guy. Yeah. And they're like, listen, like, we chemistry does mean a great deal. We need to get rid of him. That's the only way this makes sense. Because taking out the personality part, yeah. none of this makes sense. No. Lucic has regressed the last three to four seasons, at least. Neil had one bad year yeah. because you didn't play him top, top six minutes. You paid him to be top six. You didn't. You said Froelich was better than Neil. I still hate that. That is the dumbest fucking thing. Froelich is a third liner. That's what he is now. So you're saying that Neil won't bounce back after one bad year, but you're thinking Lucic can give you better value, paying him five point two five million on the fourth line. Did we not go through Matt Stage and Troy Brower on the fourth line earning eight million dollars? Like, fuck, how we how have we not learned our goddamn lesson here? But the thing that bothers me the most, and this this is a this is a big shot at Eric Francis because he's an idiot. <laughs> He comes out with an article and says that you everybody's... Hate I so hate much. him so much. He comes out and he says everybody's going to play taller. How? What? Yeah. How? Yeah. Ex- explain to me how Johnny Gaudreau gets run. Lucic is not on his fucking line. How is he supposed to protect him? So now, Bill Peters has to match lines to get his fourth line out there so Lucic can chase this fuck that hit Gaudreau... And fucks the entire game. Yeah, I'm with you. You know what that is too? That's that's a that's a lazy comment because that's something you would have said four or five years ago. My question is, where the is Brian Burke still in the organization? Yeah, yeah. There's only two, and and one of these guys I've railed on before, but there's only two guys in the league that are legit nuclear deterrents, as Eric Francis would say, Zdeno Chara. Because he plays 25 minutes a night, and if you take a run at Patrice Bergeron, generally the seven-foot giant's going to be behind you, and you're fucked. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. The second one is Tom Wilson. Oh, yeah. Those are the only two fucking guys, because Tom Wilson plays top six minutes. Yeah. So if Backstrom gets run, or Oshie gets run, yeah. Ovechkin not so much, because he can kind of take care of himself, but Wilson can be there 
in that situation to to defuse it. There's one more guy I can think of there too, and I, there might be more. One I can think of right off the top of my head is Wayne Simmons. That guy can defend any of his teammates. He's one yes, of, he's one of the yes. best fighters in the league. Yes, and you're still going to play him in a top six role. But like, like Lucic. But I is, understand your point. Lucic is just Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Both fourth liners. That doesn't help you. There's no fighting in the fucking league anymore. No, this, he, this, yeah, this league he, is done with that. He doesn't help you get tougher. I don't understand that. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't understand the dynamics of the locker room. But I'm with you. I, I, I don't. When there's no fighting in the league anymore, like you said, you you highlighted all these points. So you you can't just go out and catch a guy, grab him, and intimidate him. So you can be a great tr- trash talker, fine. But it doesn't it doesn't actually help your team on the ice, from what I can gather. And Milan Lucic has had a great career. He's played in some massive games. He's scored big goals in massive games. He's been effective in in playoff games and and finals. But that's not he's not he's not that's not what this league is anymore. So. When I when I heard Treliving on the on the fan nine sixty, uh, just defending it, I as he has to as he, he made, has to he made the trade so he's gonna have to defend it. I get that, but I still don't. I mean, I know he's a genuine person and he he means what he's saying, but I'm like I I don't normally I believe everything he says for the most part, but I'm like I don't believe this. My thought process is, if Neil, wouldn't you have been better served? To trade Neil with a sweetener just to get rid of the cap hit. Yeah. Right, like. So who would that be on the Flames? Because I don't want to do like or a, a pick. A pick, maybe. I don't want to do like a Bennett or people keep talking no. about Bennett, but Bennett's on a great like, new contract could, now. Now maybe he looked into this. Yeah. But to me, like, wouldn't it have been better to throw Neil in a third away and then have have a kid from the minors come up and play your fourth line minutes for cheaper? Yes. So you can have allocate your resources. Because this team is should be good. Yeah. So you're going to need cap room to possibly bolster your roster at trade deadline time, and yeah. still having five point two five million eaten up with the like Lucic on the fourth line, it doesn't make sense, especially because what you're going to have to pay Kachuk. Yeah. And I'm sure if that was an option, the Flames would have done it, but it 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 probably was the case where the Oilers were like, no, we're not retaining any cap here. The the. Well, and that, that's the thing, and I get that, because uh, the owner's like, no, fuck, we're taking your problem, you take our problem. Yeah. Um, I just... There's, uh, the condi- I think- there's the conditional pick there. I don't know if we yeah, mentioned that. Yeah, based on... Based uh, on point difference. Yeah. But, but, but what that what that condition <laughs> is saying, what that condition is saying is that there is more of a chance that Neil will rebound than Lucic rebounding. Yes, yeah. I would wholeheartedly agree, because yeah. they're going to play him top six minutes. Yeah. This... this you didn't even give him a chance to succeed. Like I I've, I've heard that. people tell me, like, oh, they gave him ten games. Like, what the fuck is that? That's nothing. He it's was a- scratched in the last game. He he should have ever played here. He was scratched. Yeah, it was. They never gave. He never had a chance to su- to succeed on this team. Um, and I don't know if they signed Neil before hiring Peters or what, or Neil and Peters didn't get along. But the job of a coach is to put those players in the best position to succeed because it'll help your team. Yeah. And I, I, nobody can talk me into that Froelich was a better option on the second line right wing than Neil was. Yeah. There's nobody in this fucking world that can tell me that. Yeah, for sure. And I, like, and the thing too, I was talking about like Neil being scratched at the, in the last game, but I, I think that's kind of on Neil at that point. But oh, I, I do agree with yes. you at the beginning that he was not given a fair chance. And, and, 
and I will agree with that. That so at at the end, he probably was a grumpy yeah. asshole. Yeah. Because he was promised certain things. He wouldn't have signed. Everyone's like, "Well, he signed here because he got the fourth year." No, he also signed here because they're like, "You're gonna play top six minutes. We'll we'll have you start with Gaudreau and Monahan." And he's got these images dancing in his head that he's gonna be back with like he like it was with Malkin. He can maybe put up forty goals again because Gaudreau's a great playmaker. Like yeah. he's got all these things in his head. And then suddenly Lindholm has a great great uh, preseason and he's on the first line. So he's like, okay, I'll play second line. I'm still playing with Backlund, who's good, and, and Kachuk. <laughs> no, no, no. You're playing with fucking Jankowski and Bennett. Yeah. And we're only going to play you like eight minutes a night. Well, then that's not what I signed up for. Why do I want to be here? Right. And that's also based on his contract. That's not what you signed him for. Yes. So it kind of plays out that is in the numbers. Poor, that's piss poor asset management is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've always said it, and this has proven to be true, Treliving tends to be very good at re-signing his own players. Yes. And not so good at signing unrestricted free agents. He should stay the fuck away from unrestricted free agency. Well, I think most people should. I think it seems to be playing out that when you sign a guy on July 1st, it's not working out that well. No, it generally doesn't. Yeah, I mean, Tavares has been great for, for yeah, Toronto. Don't get me wrong. Of course, but that's a special superstar yeah, case, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I just... I don't know. that It's... Now... Neil might only score twenty-five to thirty goals, but that—that's uh, still going to be a huge improvement over what he was. He's obviously. What do you, gonna, what do you mean, might though? That's that's a big stretch well, I, based I on what he played last year. I don't know who he's playing with. I don't know if he's going to be on McDavid. He was line brutal or, last year. If he scores twenty goals, I would be absolutely amazed. I yeah. think I think you would have to put him on Connor McDavid's line for the entire year for him to even come close to twenty. But you know what? Unless he regains confidence if in that shot and starts shooting it from places where he can actually score. Um. If you put him on that top line, he might regain his confidence. Like, there might be I, one of those... Things. I would do and that. If I was Edmonton, I would absolutely do that. The Oilers don't have the winger depth that we do. Right. So they're going to have to play him up there. So... And they should. Like, at least give him that chance. Because, like you, you said, he's, he's one year removed from being a five-time 20-goal scorer or something like that. Yeah. Like, this guy is a player. I don't yeah. know what happened when he came to Calgary. When he came to Calgary, I was so excited because I watched what he did, did in Las Vegas and Nashville and what a tough son of a bitch this guy was and what a pure sniper he was. And then he gets to Calgary and nothing. And the, and, and the thing is, is that like people blame his skating and that. He played on that Vegas team that went to the Cup and those guys were flying. Yeah. And he played every single fucking game. So... Was skating really the problem? So I think I'm in with your theory that it was something in the locker room. And that's why he had to go. Um, Lucic is going to be a fine fourth liner. The problem is is that Lucic, the player, does not match Lucic, the cap hit. And that, that's, that's the problem there. Yeah. Right? He'll be fine as a fourth liner. But he's not going to help your fucking protecting Johnny Gaudreau. He can't. It's impossible. Well, to go back to the Eric Francis comp comment like what is the difference between having milan lucic in your in your lineup and having dalton prout in your lineup right yeah because both those guys will fight anybody yeah what's the difference is milan lucic that much more of an intimidator because of his history maybe and, I, and i'm pretty sure johnny gaudreau was slashed a shit ton last year with dalton prout um you know you can't and I don't want to sound like a barbarian, but there's no fighting in this league anymore. You can't actually defend. You can't defend a guy like Johnny no. Gaudreau. You know why Dave Semenko worked? Because he played on Gretzky's line. Yeah. You touch Gretzky, 
that motherfucker's coming after you. So well, you did not touch Gretzky. Right or wrong, they used there used to be intimidation in the game. And you use the term that, that Francis used, the nuclear deterrent. That used to actually be a thing. Like And that's he, the problem. As, as recently as Brian McGratton, right? Like that's not that long ago. No. Brian McGratton played. He was he was one of those guys. But the league changes so much. The the league is not that anymore. No. And I guess maybe my big problem is with with Eric Francis and the media tr- like trying to tell me how this could actually work for the Flames because of a dumb reason. Yeah, I don't buy and the that, reasoning. And that's that's my that's my problem. Right. You know, let's I'm with you. let's be honest. I don't buy the reasoning. He's either. a fourth liner, he's gonna play six minutes a night, and hopefully he hits some guy into the boards. That's why I said we're we're, I don't ta- know. we're talking about this trade a lot, given given the lack of effect it's going to have for either franchise yep it's going to be a, it's a nothing move yeah. but i will say i am glad it didn't end up being the weird triple triple threat trade where where lucic came to calgary or no lucic would go to vancouver neil would go to edmonton and we would get louis erickson oh jeez. yes i am glad that one didn't happen because louis erickson is even worse than milan lucic <laughs> that was another guy because he can't bring you any value in the bottom six another guy that was a, a easy 20 goal scorer in louis erickson when yep. he was with dallas just nothing yep weird how that happens all right so that's my vent that's my like jesse's triggered it was just whoof man was i angry when that trade went down i understand Lord a, lot, almighty. a lot of people were Lord almighty. <laughs> All right, moving on to the NFL. We got two extensions. Michael Thomas signed a five-year, $100 million extension with the Saints. $61 million guaranteed. Highest for a non-QB offensive player. Yep. And he's worth every fucking penny, in my opinion. Yeah, and and that's going to piss off running backs. All these running backs that are holding yeah. out trying to say they're the important yeah. position. And the, they're not getting the guaranteed money that the, the wide receivers is, are getting. The problem is that is that all the like advanced metrics have shown that you can find a similar running back in a later round that's cheaper that could put up comparable. Not like you're never going to be able to replace a guy like I was going to say Lev Bell, but they did with James Conner. Yeah. So, but there there are certain backs that are just absolute studs, but. What's the difference for the Cowboys? Like, Zeke Elliott puts up 1,600-yard seasons. What's the difference if they get a running back that puts up 1,300 yards right. that they got in the fifth round? Yeah. Because because Zeke's great, but that line is also phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they've uh, all the metrics tell you that, that the running back position, because of, of the wear and tear, it's you don't sink money into that position. For sure. Because it makes no sense for your team building. Which is crazy, because... Because on the other side, like from the player's point of view, is you sink the money into me because I'm the one that's taking the pounding. Yeah. So it's like... I understand. What what about if the running backs go short-term, like like one-year deals, but all guaranteed money? So that might be a good way to correct it. Like that, that might correct it a little bit, but then they want the long-term security, obviously. But like there is really no such thing as long-term security in the NFL. You can sign a deal and be cut the next year. It's such a brutal position because you are taking the most punishment and your career has the short, shortest shelf life out of any position yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, because you're just taking a fucking pounding. And the t- and, and more to your point about Zeke, the top, say the top five in the league are elite. But then there's a massive second tier. Yeah, that's second it's tier. A, it's an almost endless second tier. You know, you 
like that second tier, you you could be like, because um, like who are the who are the top five? It's obviously Barkley, Elliot, Gurley, Gurley, Gordon. Maybe some people think uh, Kamara, uh, Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Yeah, they're all uh, in that group. But they're all in that group. Lev Bell maybe still in that group. But then under that, you look and you're like, okay, so what's the difference between Devonte Freeman and Leonard Fournette? That's exactly the guy I was thinking, Devonte Freeman. Right? Yeah. Like like either one of those guys are interchangeable. Yeah. Like for for like they they bring different skills, but there's not like. I could tell you that Devontae Freeman's better, and you could tell me Leonard Fournette's better, and we might both be right. Neither of us would know who was yeah, right. Yeah, that That's such a good point, too, because it's just the, the numbers. It, it's all in the numbers, right? So like you said, I mean, getting 1,600 yards as opposed to 13, there, it, sure, maybe it makes a big difference in fantasy football, but where it doesn't make that much of a difference is on the yeah, field. and they don't give a fuck about fantasy football. <laughs> They're there to win football games, and just it doesn't make it, – it makes more sense for them to pay money into the secondary to stop because it's passing offenses yeah. now. You know, it makes more sense for teams to – Pass more. rush. That's, you know, in another position that's going the way – like that's not earning big money, be, and we're going to talk about Bobby Wagner here, but for the most part, not earning big money is linebackers. Yeah. Because – if if you can't cover, you're useless. You have to be a hybrid to make big yes, money. Deion Jones, that's yeah, the guy that makes big money. You don't need you as don't, a linebacker. Um, a guy like uh, uh, who was I'm just trying to think. Big motherfucking linebacker that just was a run stuffer. I can't. Uh, he was from like the late nineties. I can't. Uh, mean Joe Green. Uh, well, no, he. <laughs> you know, that was a defensive tackle, and that was from the seventies. But um, uh. Who from the nineties? Levon Kirkland. Oh yeah, like from the Steelers. Yeah, he was a he was a run stopper, uh, a thumper. He would he wouldn't even make it in today's NFL because he's well, he'd be a D tackle. Yeah, he's useless yeah. as a linebacker because you need sideline to sideline uh, ability, and most they figure that instead of having linebackers do that, they could just have bigger safeties play those positions. Right, like a, yeah, exactly. Like a Deion Jones, like yeah. you said, he's a bigger safety. Yeah. Is he playing safety now? No, but he, I think he played a little bit of safety in college. Right, yeah. But he's a big dude. But he's the same build as, say, a guy like a Cam Chancellor, right? Yeah. Who was a safety. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, Chancellor was a safety. He did not play safety no. for Seattle. <laughs> he was he was the fifth linebacker. Exactly. He would step up and just thump people but i love those hybrid guys like i liked a guy like well i mean he's not popular now but brandon browner when he was with the stampeders and then with new england i loved a big physical corner like that another thing with running backs that uh doesn't get talked about a lot a lot of these guys when they come into the nfl there's a lot of tread on the tires already you know right from their college careers from the college careers because running back is a position that you can be like you could be good at almost right away. There's no, there's not a lot of nuance that you need to know right off the bat. Right. It's see hole, hit hole. Yeah. Right. Where receivers like uh, Zeke and Michael Thomas were on the same Ohio State team. Right. Michael Thomas, I think his best year, he caught thirty balls. Right. Yeah. So not a lot of because wear and tear on that because just because why would you throw the ball to Michael Thomas when you got this big motherfucker? That's averaging, like, could rush for 2,000 yards in a 10-game season. Well, and plus, it's all about winning games in college Exa- football. They're, exactly. not, they're not trying to get guys' stats. They're yes. not trying to get guys paid. So you're not going to throw the ball as much as you would because throwing the ball is more risky, obviously. And if you have a running back like Zeke, why are you? So they come in, and there's wear and tear. And that's why running backs want to get paid because it's not just the NFL body of work. They're yeah. also thinking of how much... 
They got short self life, so I get it. They're thinking about the sacrifice they already made and how yeah. much they've already. Could, and jeez, oh, I don't know the answer to this, but it, you do wish that these guys could get paid in college somehow. That was a way that was legal, and, and they weren't going to get ripped off by doing it. And the college yeah. wasn't going to, you know, whatever. But Michael Thomas uh, for sure deserves this. I think I saw a stat; he caught like ninety-seven percent of passes his way last year. He is amazing. Which is just ridiculous. He, he's he's kind of a hybrid too because he's a he's not as tall as the tallest wide receivers and he's not as fast as the fastest but he's a little bit in the middle and he doesn't drop anything uh and i love his twitter handle can't guard mike yeah phenomenal no he's awesome um and bobby wagner signed an extension three years 54 million dollars 40.2 million guaranteed he's probably one of the only linebackers besides luke keekley that's probably deserving of that kind of dough because he can cover fucking anybody see like at this point with him getting that contract i'm wondering he's a hall of famer right is he not because he's, I mean, geez, yeah. he's been doing this for, how long has he been doing this for? A very long time. Like, he's going on, if he finishes this, it's going to be eight, nine years he's been with that yep. team. Yep, So he's got to be close. And, I mean, he's won championships. He's very good at his position. Like you said, he's he, he can cover guys. He can tackle. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, so big money being handed out uh, in the NFL. We're into the teeth of training camp now. Um, so I'm sure injuries are going to, like, A.J. Green already went down. Um, AJ Green, if you have him in fantasy, he's he is deteriorating quickly. Yes, sorry, uh, Adam. <laughs> in our league of record, <laughs> Mike traded AJ Green last year. No, it was that or, was I was a long time ago. Brandon had AJ Green oh, for a long right. time. There you uh, go. I haven't there had you. him in two years or so. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see more and more news coming out in the next few weeks. So we'll keep we'll keep uh, on top of that and bring you everything. Or bring you our takes on everything, I guess, because you know everyone's got Twitter. We all we all know the news. Yeah. What was the uh, the the linebacker with the stamps? Who I think is with the Eagles now? Singleton. Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton. He was yeah. telling a funny story about uh, his first tryout in the NFL was with the Seahawks, and he went into the linebackers room, and it was Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Bruce Irving, and then someone else I'm forgetting. Okay. And he was like, "Oh, I, I'm not gonna get a job here." <laughs> Oh, he was just like it doesn't matter actually how good I am. These guys are amazing. And that's crazy because yeah. we, we both watched Singleton here with the Stampeders and the beast. That that was an NFL linebacker. Yeah, um, he never he never needed to be here. Yeah, he should never have been here. He was so good. Um, he was so head and shoulders above every other linebacker in this league. I'm glad he got a job down in the NFL because he definitely deserved it. It didn't take long for people to realize he wasn't going to be in Canada long. Yeah. All right, on to the MLB trade deadline. Uh, so I guess first we'll start with some Jays talk. Uh, they traded Marcus Stroman to the Mets, uh, and the Jays also sent two point five million. They paid the Mets to take Marcus Stroman. Hmm. That's fucked up. And the Jays get Anthony K and Simeon Woods Richardson, both prospect pitchers. Um, K was drafted 31st overall in 2016, and Richardson was in the second round in 2018. I know not a lot, not a lot of people know about these prospects. To be quite honest, reading up on it. Yeah, well, we're um, not uh, prospect experts here, uh, but, but from what you're reading, it's underwhelming. I think yeah, is what, the overall feel, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, was that? So I'm not the only one. You feel the same way that it was like. And you know what? Not great. The main takeaway I see from it is that other teams around the league are upset at the Jays, saying yes. that they devalued the entire pitching market by trading Stroman, who is a you know he might not be a one with most teams, 
but he could be a two with a lot of teams, and he would be the best three in the freaking league. Yeah. With with the way he's been pitching this year. Yeah. I mean, he's been pitching very good. No matter what you think of him, he's been a really good player this year. Um, it and I just you know what, what's crazy is why are the Jays would send them like. Yeah. Why are you giving them money? If I'm Rogers, I'm looking at these two donkeys. And I'm like, first off, you paid Russ, like you paid Troy Tulitsky to go away. You made us pay out thirty-eight million dollars to this guy. And so, and granted, so, he was done. Yeah. And okay. so, what they would say about that, they're like, we didn't bring him in here, but he's done, and we have to get rid of him. So that, that's how they would defend themselves on that one. Yeah. Okay. Then they then they tell them we need to ship off Russell Martin, and you need to pay for that too. Right. Yeah. And Rogers is like, okay. Yeah, right same same thing, same thing. We and, didn't bring him in, blah, blah, blah. And now Marcus Stroman, we didn't bring in this guy too, but he's having a, like a really good year, but we're going to trade him. Well, he's an all-star, right? <laughs> we're we're going to trade him for two prospects that are like we like, but not many people are going to know, and we have to give the Mets $2.5 million. Yeah. Like, when does, like from an ownership standpoint, when does Rodgers go like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you don't just get to send our money away. Well, I've I've called Rogers one of the worst owners in the league for a long time. It's it's an absolute disgrace that they're a, a company as big as they are with as much money as they take in from Canadians all the time, every year, and and they are they are running this franchise on a. For me to say shoestring would be wrong, but they are not ready to spend. They're they're not putting in the money that they're not putting in a, the amount of money that they're taking in. Like you know what I mean? Like right. they're not like. Cor- correlation wise or whatever and, and i guess what they would say about that like and this is what ross atkins would say they'd say we're gonna we're gonna spend when it's time to spend they're gonna say we're gonna build up this team with vladdy and bichette and biggio and guriel and those guys look fantastic yes. so that's that's going well so that is exactly right but you know what helps pitching that and also <laughs> trading good assets yeah for good prospects that's right like to be quite honest, if you traded Aaron Sanchez for like one of these guys, I'd be like, "Oh fuck, okay, yeah. whatever." Yeah, Sanchez is having a shit year. Here, yeah, here's there another thing. I, uh, in the in the Houston trade, I think they threw in Cal Stevenson, who was one of their prospects, a pitching prospect, to get rid of Sanchez. Yeah. What? Like, oh, what? okay. Hold on. Or, hold on. Which trade was that? Because they threw in him in one of the trades. Okay, hold on. We got Blue Jays traded right-hander Daniel Hudson to the Nationals in exchange for minor league pitcher Kyle Johnston. There's our pitcher. Uh, I'm sorry, just scrolling here, guys. Uh, hey, people online, make a list, right? Like, we don't give a shit Jesus. about your opinion on every damn thing. <laughs> that's what that's what we're here for. You don't need to write a paragraph under every trade. Just oh, give us a not, list. There's nothing here. Maybe I can refresh here. That'll take a second. Um, but going back to the Strowman thing, it just... Uh, a very underwhelming return. I just don't understand why... Yeah, and... <laughs> So when you hear Atkins defending this, I, I got to say I was kind of torn today because I'm I've been a big Atkins uh, detractor and Shapiro detractor for the most part for a long time now. We've bashed on them on this podcast numerous times. They make it easy, and I think they deserve it a lot of the time. The one thing I'll say today, and I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a one eighty on someone else here too. Someone else I've bashed on this bashed on the podcast, Rash Madani. Uh, he was interviewing Ross Atkins today. And he really held them to it. He said, you know, Jays fans aren't happy about this. He asked them some really tough questions. Good. And as he should. As he should. And he's great at his job, too. So I don't I don't dislike Arash for that. You uh, just don't like that he's using a Twitter profile from 10 years ago. No, no. I don't like his... He, he does these, like, social justice things every once in a while. And he does a little bit of race baiting that I don't like. But whatever. That's a... 
that's a way too long of a conversation. That's for a, a podcast for, for, another, for day. another day. <laughs> for another day. But he asked Ross Atkins some tough questions today. And the thing I like about Atkins is he stood tough and he defended himself, which is the first time I've seen Atkins do this. That's like, true. He said, he's like, he's like, you know what? Um, the, all these publications put out their prospect rankings. We're, we're different than that. Yeah. We're a professional baseball team. Like, we believe we know what we're doing. And he's not, I'm paraphrasing what he's saying, but this yeah. is kind of the impression he was giving out. He's like, I know you guys think that this guy's this prospect and this guy's this prospect. The, the point is, we liked the guys we got from the Mets. We liked them a lot. Yeah. Well, I guess one of them, I think it was, uh, uh, I think it was Anthony K. They, they were very interested in him. Yeah. They uh, wanted to draft him, apparently. Yeah. So, you go and get, it's just, um, I just don't understand throwing in the money. That makes no sense to me. Um, this team has done some weird stuff, but that I'm so torn because I've trashed this management group so much. But then I'm looking at the on the field product, and I'm like, and, and I know they they didn't bring all. Yeah, you know, I was all gonna these guys. say they didn't all bring these all these guys. Things. weren't there like weren't there uh, draft picks? Or but whatever. they are finally allowing them to prosper. They got yep. Vladdy here. We got Bobichette here. Gavin Bichette, like the, L- Lutis Goriel. They brought him in. Yep. That that's a nice, a really nice yep. four guys right there. And, uh, well, they traded Edwin and they got Nate Pearson for him, I think. Was that right? Uh, I might be wrong. They drafted Nate Pearson. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. But um, but he looks like he could be, I mean, it's so early to tell for him, but he's throwing 100 miles an hour in well, the Futures pitchers, game. Pitchers are so, yeah. who knows, you know. But throwing 100 miles an hour doesn't mean anything. That's what Aaron Sanchez did, right? Like, that guy yeah. had a crazy arm. You know what? It's, and, uh, so Sanchez was dealt to the Astros yeah. uh, with... Joe Biagini for some guy, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, no, it was uh, uh, Derek Fisher, not the basketball player, a uh, baseball player. Yeah, I Googled him, and I'm like, no, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one we acquired I'm, does not have yeah. a Wikipedia page. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I mean, from what all accounts, what people say is that he's basically a fourth or fifth outfielder in and the And he's majors. 26. He's 26, but, and he's a triple-A player. So, my question is, why throw in Joe Biagini to with that like Aaron Sanchez it was definitely a we're just frustrated because you cannot stay healthy yeah for a light for the life of you and now you're healthy this year and you're absolute garbage um and you know Sanchez is probably not happy um you know Scott Boris isn't happy <laughs> so it might like getting rid of Sanchez is just like you know we just have to move on because it, it's better for all parties involved if you're no longer here. Well, that's what it seems like. But he, he was just starting to pitch well, too. So you're almost like, could you have built his... I mean, I know the, the trade deadline was today. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but do you... do you? God, but that's risky, holding on to him for another year. Because I've been, I've been saying, he's been terrible. He's got such great talent, such great arm. But he can't hit the strike zone a lot of times. And he has finger issues. That's why I think he'll be a great fit in Houston. As long as he can wrap his head around being, coming out of the pen. You're going to have to come out of the pen. You're yeah. not breaking that starting five. That's uh, that's one of the best he, starting five in baseball. He could, oh, especially after they... Uh, oh, yeah, they got someone else, by the they, way. They got some other guy. Uh, Diamondbacks traded right-hander Zach Greinke to the Astros. Greinke? I'm going to have to look him up. Has he won a Cy Young? Yeah, he, he's won a Cy He's done, he's done <laughs> a few things. Uh, for Corbin Martin, J.P. Bukaskis, Seth Beer, great name, and Josh Ross. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I have not read if the Astros are eating all the money because that was the big problem with trading Granke was that the Diamondbacks, if they're going to deal them, they don't want to. They don't want to retain any money. You're taking oh. the entire contract. 
I didn't when I read about that. It said nothing about taking the money. Would, so I'm, I'm sure they just took uh, it. We'll, we'll find out. But that was so. Now the Astros rotation is. Uh, I don't even know who the ace is, but I'm just going to go through. Just Garrett go through. Cole, yeah. Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, and then. Um, oh my God! They got a young guy. We're missing. It's not Charlie thing. Morton. He's gone. No, he's uh, gone. It's a young guy. Uh, I can't remember the fourth starter, but. Smiley is the, is Smiley there? I can't remember. Anyway, well, um, but still, now your top three is stellar. Yeah. Um. Well, they have the top. They, they have their five pitchers have like the top seven ERAs in baseball or something like that. And if you, or within the top seven, if you can get Sanchez to be healthy, uh, Verlander's getting up there in years. Yeah. So if he decides to retire, yeah, Sanchez now takes over as your fourth starter or something like that. That's a pretty good spot to be. Think, uh, think about Sanchez. It does seem like his blister issue is is kind of over. Do you not feel like the Astros front office just looks at the Jays front office like they're kids and they're like, oh, oh, yeah, we'll take Osuna. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, you fixed the Sanchez blister problem and yeah. he's just starting to round the corner. Yeah, we'll take him for nothing. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, I think when you see a team like the Astros who are known for being able to kind of fix arms and, and do this type of thing. And they trade for that guy. When they see that they're after him, I think that needs to raise red flags in the Toronto organization saying, why do these guys want him? Yeah. And yeah. don't undervalue him. Yeah. And you know they're playing it cool like, oh man, okay. Yeah, Ross, okay. If you want to get I'll take him off your hands. We don't want him, but I'll take him. Well, when, and they're playing when, hardball too. They're like, oh, can you throw in some cash? What about give us a prospect? Like, we're taking this guy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, for a guy like Shapiro that's been around as long as he has, with his dad being a former agent, and, and oh, you know, he, they should be better than this. Uh, Shapiro's not that good. That That's what I'm coming to. Like we said that from the beginning, like he he gets all this credit for building the Cleveland Indians, but it's like they have one shit. Like That's what true. are we looking at here? And I think he got a lot of credit for renovating their stadium, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. So let leave him in charge of the business fucking <laughs> side. Keep him away from building a team. Yeah. Um speaking of the Indians, they traded Trevor Bauer to the Reds and the Indians got Yasiel Puig. Uh, Mail Reyes, Logan Allen, Scott Moss, and Victor Nova, and the Padres were in there getting Taylor Trammell. I don't know. Yeah. But, obviously the big pieces are Bauer to the Reds and Puig to the Indians. The Indians had a need in the outfield. Uh, I'm just surprised they traded Trevor Bauer, but I think that's a, a, again, a clubhouse. He's not a great guy in the clubhouse. He's very much... Yeah, and it could be a thing he's not coming back after his contract. We'll try to get something for him now. Yeah. They got um, some good... Those prospects, I believe, are quite good. I yeah. think they made, made out a lot better for Trevor Bauer than the Jays did for Stroman. And I, I wouldn't say... Bauer's a better pitcher. Bauer's a better pitcher. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. But they're they're close. Like, they're they're close. Um, the, funny thing, the, the funny thing is, is that both guys had incidences on the days they got traded. Bauer launched the ball into the fucking outfield because yeah. he's pissed off, and Yasiel Puig was fighting fucking guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's the thing with Puig too: if you're as talented as he is, and you get traded as often as he is, you are a major problem in the locker room. Mentally, there's something wrong with you that you yeah. need to fix. If you're as talented as you are, and you get traded that often, remember the hype? Him and Yoenis uh, Cespedes. Yeah, both of those guys came around the same time. I feel like yeah, big and power hitting guys with from, cannons of an arm from yeah. the outfield, and they both got from Cuba, and they both got dealt two or three times. Yeah, you know, um, Cespedes went from the Athletics to fucking yeah. Boston to the Mets. 
And now Puig is now on his third team. It's just like, okay. Wow. Uh, the Tigers traded Neck Castell... I'm not even going to... Castellanos. Thank you. He's, the, he's a good, good To outfit. the Cubs. Yeah. Well, you know what's good for him is he goes from fucking Comerica Park, which is a huge fucking stadium, to Wrigley Field uh, with the Cubs. And he's a power-hitting second baseman. And now it's going to be a lot easier to hit for yeah. power in a... He's more... I think he's a th- third baseman DH is more of his thing. But, oh, is it now? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's not going to play DH in the American League, obviously. But I think he was... I think he used to be a third baseman for sure. Okay. But either way, amazing. Like, great power hitter. What an ad for the Cubs. Uh, and that's basically it for the big moves, it looks yeah. like. Um, um, but the Jays... I think that the surprise was the Jays trading Sanchez uh, for me. That, that surprised me because yeah. I knew he was struggling... But I just didn't think they would move on from him, and and for such, well, for for that kind yeah. of return, it's just like, oh, okay. And, and the thing to me is, I think he hit rock bottom earlier this year, and it seemed like he was just coming out of it. And I, I, I might be as guilty as anybody because I made a tweet mid game on yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, like, he's, about, he's trade, him, trade him, him now, trade him now. He 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 was struck out like twelve in the first five innings or something, and it was he yeah. was lights out. But now that makes me worry. I'm like, Did, don't you didn't get enough for him, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we'll obviously see in a few years if the Jays did any good with this haul. Uh, early returns don't seem to favor them. And I, I keep coming back to this. I'm so torn right you now. You know what? Atkins and Shapiro aren't going to be <clears> there to see these kids. But you know what? Here's the thing: the the team that is rounding into form on the on the diamond, I do really like them, and they they got no pitching anymore. They need to add a bunch of pitching, and yep. that's a huge huge thing they need to do. But man, I'm starting to watch them again. I'm I haven't I, at the beginning of this season. I'm like I'm not, I don't want to watch this team right now. I'm not interested in baseball. I know they're going to be bad, and they pro- and they were right. I, they proved me right. But now, in the middle of the summer, in the dog days of summer, I'm like I'll watch a little bit of baseball because this lineup. Is drawing me to them. Yes. I want to watch this lineup hit. Well, and you're going to see 10-8 games because we can't pitch and then yeah. this, this lineup can mash. Yeah. So, uh, I think... Vla- Vladdy... Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Vladdy is coming into form now. There's a couple differences between Vladdy and Bo Bichette. Vladdy was brought in, right? And he was supposed to be the best player in Blue Jays history right off the bat. So well, he was supposed to hit 500 home runs this year. <clears throat> Okay, so he struggled right off the bat. The way Bobichet was brought in, it was a little bit more under the radar. And Bobichet has just as much confidence as Vladdy. People, yep. if people don't know who he is, he has a ton of confidence. Yep. And I, I kind of had a feeling that he was going to start off a lot hotter than Vladdy did, even though Vladdy might have a better career when all is said and done. Yeah. Well, uh, positionally, we got a lot of exciting pieces. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the uh, the arms, uh, need some pitchers. Yes. Um. I think what comes out of this is is I think the Astros are the favorites to win the World Series, especially adding an arm like Granky. Like that is that is just I fucking agree. insane. And they've to, been there to, before. To go into a, a a five game series with the Astros, where your three of your four starters are are Cole Verlander and Granky, it's just like oh. Jesus. And we all know how Verlander gets in the playoffs. That's oh yeah, just different level type of stuff. Kate Upton gives him the wink, and it's time oh it is time to go baby <laughs> i think that uh is it <laughs> we're, we're, yeah we've got to leave it at that we'll think about leave you thinking about kate upton which is always a good thing uh i think that's it for this week do you got anything nope. else you want to no nope, that's all i got all right uh we will be back next week uh with another episode who knows we'll just talk about shit i don't know i'm gonna be watching more blue jays games so we're talking more baseball there we go sounds good have a good one everybody see you later